I'm Arya Schwartz. And I'm Rachel Galligan. And welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The playoffs are on. It's time to discuss what we think is going to happen and what our reaction is to the first round that's about to happen in just over 24 hours. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com you're looking to get tickets for the WNBA playoffs thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champions Chicago Sky. Use the link TICKPICK.com backslash Windsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. That's TickPick.com backslash Windsider. Rachel, the playoffs are set. The first games are Wednesday and Thursday. Um, it's going to be a wild one. We're going to dive into that, but Rachel, I know you and I have probably, um, you know, ran out our unlimited texts for <laughs> this month, just based on how the end of the season came to be. Um, I don't think anyone's too shocked, uh, with the teams that didn't make the playoffs, but the ones that kind of highlight, right. Are Minnesota and LA, both teams that are perennial playoff teams, both teams that kind of ushered the league into this new, era that we're in currently and to see both these teams you know LA uh had a a very long playoff streak that was ended last year now Minnesota had an 11 season playoff streak that was ended this year um I just want to give you a chance talk about the sparks and the links man I mean I just um (laughs) LA ends up I think what was it they lost I think they lost eight of their last 10 games um, if I'm not mistaken, I have something, something along those lines. Um, you know, it's just, just all bad. It's all bad. And, you know, it's disappointing very much so because you're seeing decisions, not even just this past free agency that, you know, decisions that were made years ago, um, that kind of got it to this point. So obviously, um, really disappointing season. It's disappointing to see that franchise, um, it, you know, is as rough as it is right now. And it's not going to get a hell of a lot easier with no first round pick, but definitely looking forward to the future. Like I, I just was ready for them to be done. I couldn't quite stomach it anymore. I know that's probably really harsh to say, but it's um, yeah, I was just, you know, just like, damn, you know, it, from what we have become so accustomed to LA being, you know, through, through their, their time in the league, um, just disappointing. So really looking forward to kind of just that new era um, it's an end of an era. It's end of an era, in my opinion, for both of these franchises. And I think we're at a really critical time with both. And L.A., you know, excited to see the offseason, the type of moves they make, who they bring in, um, you know, from coaches to GMs. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked to my core if Fred remains in L.A. I don't know how you justify that um, whatsoever. That's nothing personal to him. I know he would probably love to remain there. I just think they need to completely turn the page entirely and start fresh and, and see what type of high-profile 
um, proven successful um, coaches they can attract to the job. Um, they can come in and, you know, completely restructure this roster. I mean, it's like everybody's a free agent. So um, from, from one standpoint, that's a plus, you know, you kind of have flexibility in free agency to, to, you know, restructure this thing. When it comes to the links, just really, really sad for Sylvia Fowles. You know, that, I, I was really um, emotional watching her final game. Would have given anything, you know, to at least have her had a chance to compete in the playoffs. It almost seems surreal that, you know, in her in her last season and her, her last moments in the league, like they can't even get themselves to the playoffs. I mean, I think it's severely disappointing. I think there's a lot of questions that can be asked about the links and, um, you know, I saw some reports that, that, that came out to kind of talking about, you know, kind of Reeves struggling to get this team to buy in. I think that's really interesting. Tell Rachel, um, I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, but I no, feel like good. you can, and I know we're supposed to do this briefly about these two teams. Um, and I, and I spoke about this, you know, with miles on the, the stock show yesterday, but I'm curious for you when, you know, you've been a player, you've been a coach. What is, what does that mean, right? Because a lot of fans are sitting there and going, what the hell does Reeve mean by a buy-in? Yeah, she's the greatest WNBA coach of all time, so I'm just going to you know, buy into whatever she's saying. But like, what does that mean when she's saying she couldn't get the team to buy in? She kept talking about you know, the players not wanting, uh, not giving it their all for the details to be successful. But like, I'm just curious, what does buy-in mean to you? You know, I think for me, throughout my career, that's been a word or a term that really resonates with me, not just as a former coach, but as a player too. You know, we a lot of times players like to do things their own way. They might have their own definition of what it's going to take to get it done. And maybe not everybody's on the same page. Maybe, maybe you know, um, you have a little bit of a division. You have some people who want to do it one way, another team that wants to do it another way. Um, and when I'm talking about doing it, I mean – how do you achieve success? Well, that starts every day in practice. That starts every day in the locker room. That start that starts with whatever your leadership, your coach is, your coaches are asking you to do. So it sounds like to me, you know, when, when you talk about buy-in, it's a level of just being on the same page. Even the simplest thing, hey, we're going to do this drill 800 times until we get it right. You know, from a drill to the way they conduct themselves, you know, in the locker room and in certain levels of just full trust fully trusting Reeve and what she was trying to do with this team. Um, it sounds like there was a lot of different opinions of what that looked like. So, you know, when you talk about buying, it's just a level of everybody being on the same page and understanding that, Hey, we trust Reeve and, and we understand what she's saying, even though it may not make sense, we're going to go in and approach this and attack this, you know, all on the same page because we feel like that's what's going to help us get the things that we want, which is ultimately success, which is ultimately consistency, um, both ends of the floor, you know, and ultimately a playoff berth, you know, and, and we could talk for hours about Minnesota and just the roster moves and free agency. The, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I feel like there was a Guinness Book of World Records set for just how many waving and re-signing and waving and re-signing. At some point, you just became numb to it all because it was so – it was so much. Um, yeah, but to your question, just that buy-in factor, it just feels like when she, when I'm reading that, she's saying there were so many different pages that everybody was on when trying to approach this season and, and, and to handle the adversity. Yeah, and, and hearing you say that is is really interesting because it makes me think of it in a different way, right? Like we've all read the quotes, we've all seen it, whatever. And I think it's hard because we look at it and we go, okay, you know, it's it's easy for us to say, oh, this player isn't quote unquote playing well or, oh, this is the coach's fault, whatever. But when you put it like that, you kind of open this 
veil, as it were, um, to what's going on on the other end of things. And, you know, if there's that disconnect, maybe Reeve looks at this roster and goes, if people buy in, this is what we could be. But then the people don't buy in and they're trying to do things differently. And you aren't able to get players to, to you know, play to the full potential that you want. Now, obviously, that is a rose-colored glasses, I think. And we've talked about this. And heck, I'll go on public record saying it. I feel like if there's been a a glaring weakness in Reeves GM style and possibly coaching style, um, I would say more GM in this, though, is been her, her focus on signing vets, um, proven vets who are past their prime to fit into role positions. And, and that worked great when you have, you know, superstar starting five and you just need players to do very specific things who can then buy in. Um, but it doesn't work as much when you're asking a lot more of those players, i.e. Angel McCautry. I think if you analyze each situation, each signing at the moment, most of them, I think, are fine and agreeable, right? Like Odyssey Sims, now that she's gotten her stuff together, is playing great for the Sun and could be making yeah. a deep playoff run and possibly getting that championship ring. Um, Angel McCautry, you know, after what we've seen her do, Okay, I get why you'd risk it. I do question whether or not um, proper levels of study to know the health of Angel was there. Um, and then the Achanwa thing, I mean, we could go on and on. That's not even talking about Lasia or Crystal Dangerfield. Dangerfield, who has become a very good disruptive defender over in New York. Um, there's definitely a lot of questions. And then obviously, look, bringing back uh, Nafisa, I get the the prickly pair of it, right? There's so many aspects of it of like, Nafisa's the future. She wants to play with Sill. She's a really good player. Is Nafisa at 50% better than some other players? Fine. But going into it, bringing Fee back um, for when you have three games left and that in turn causing Milic to be out against the Sun and the Storm, in my mind, uh, was a huge issue, a huge hamper. Um, but why are we talking about the teams that couldn't make the playoffs? <laughs> right? Like, why? I get it. You know, they're historic teams. Why are we talking about them? Let's talk about the playoffs, Rachel. We got some crazy games coming up. And obviously, uh, just to remind the folks, we've been doing some really fun playback watch parties on playback.com. Uh, it's the well, the link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider. There's no spoilers. We're all watching together. We do fun giveaways. Um, we bring people on who cover the teams to give us insight in why the coach is doing what they're doing, why the players are doing what they're doing, and kind of what weaknesses and strengths there are. We're going to be doing it. For at least one of uh, the playoff games on Wednesday, heck, maybe if the if the fans speak up, we'll do another one on Thursday. Um, and heck, maybe am I able to join? You can join, Rachel. You're allowed to do it. You're allowed to. Okay. No, I'm joking. You're allowed to. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about it. The just to to give people kind of a breakdown, uh, the games on Wednesday night are the Sky versus the Liberty and the Aces versus the Mercury. Uh, obviously, the top-seeded teams, the Sky and the Aces, will be hosting games one and two. If it goes to three, um, it will move on over to the lower-seeded team. Let's start with the Sky and the Liberty. In the regular season, the Sky beat the Liberty three games to one game. In my opinion, it's hard to judge the Liberty, right? And I and I want to give uh, this as a shout-out and a disrespect to myself in the sense of the New York Liberty fan base is quite loud. So sometimes they can muddle your thoughts. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm completely honest about that because they're so loud. I think sometimes we think that they're a better team that they are. Sorry about Siri. Um, 
And so I think that just in general, um, it's, it's a really tricky situation to talk about this Liberty team. There's been highs, there's been lows. I have not seen consistency. I think they're a fun team to watch, um, but I'm not scared about them at all. Uh, I, I have the sky handily winning this, but you know, maybe, maybe the Liberty steal a game because Sabrina goes off one night and hits some crazy big shot. If, if the sky aren't prepared, what's your thought on this matchup? Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you. You know, I mean, you have Johannes and, and Sabrina playing well and, and, you know, they've just been so inconsistent and, you know, you're playing arguably the most consistent team and the most experienced team in the league. All signs point to Chicago will win this. I would be shocked if there was an upset in this specific scenario, that would be an absolute choke by the Chicago sky, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But I mean, we know the Liberty have talent. I think it's quite, um, you know, a feather in their cap that they're even in the playoffs. I think they're going to get some good experience going against the defending champs. I agree. Maybe they steal one at best, but I have Chicago winning this. Love it. Then the Aces and the Mercury. I'm sorry. that That's a blowout. Uh, the Aces beat the Mercury <laughs> in all three of their matchups this season. I know there's a possibility Diana Taurasi comes back. I think the latest reporting was that she's not. Uh, latest reporting on Skyler is that she's unexpected to come back. Um, and probably, in my opinion, has played her last game in the Phoenix Mercury. A uh, real good question of, you know, what ends up happening there. Um, I, I see this as a blowout. Um, you know, look, at the end of the day, I don't know if there's a way the Mercury can slow down Jackie or Plum. Turner can handle her own with Asia. Fine. Um, but at the end of the day, when the the leading scorers of this team, the, the players who, you know, are maybe even detracting Asia's yearly award abilities um, this season, are there, I, I just, I mean, is there any way, I, look, I, I say this, but it's the Mercury, so who knows? I mean, we've seen crazier it's, things. They have been, I, I can't even believe they're in the playoffs. Right? I mean, you literally have your two best players, MIA, not able to play. One, no one knows what's going on with, if she's even a part of the team anymore. Another one, I, I mean, Tarazi, it's all up in the air. I don't anticipate, I don't know the latest reporting of it, um, but I, I don't anticipate that she will return. So then, you know, you're playing against like a superstar team with Sophie Cunningham, Shea Petty, and Megan Gustafson. You know, it's kind of like, wow. You know, and that's not a knock on the Mercury. They have found ways to to scratch and claw and compete. And Shea Petty has stepped up. Sophie Cunningham has stepped up. You know, you have an edge on this team that is really, really impressive. Um, and I have to say, you know, they've just found a way, regardless of who is on the floor night in and night out. They find a way. And I really respect it. It's It's been incredible to witness. Um, but I think they've, they've, they've reached the end of their rope here. Then on Thursday, we have the Sun and the Wings. Now, interesting thing about this one is Ooh. the Dallas Wings are the only lower-seeded team to win the regular season series. They won 2-1 to versus the Sun. Um for me, you know, maybe there's an upset in this, uh, but and, and, and if there's going to be an upset in the first round, I think it you would realistically have to think it's this because the Storm and the Mystics just wouldn't be an upset no matter who wins. But to me, it comes down to the sun. Like, do they choke or not? We know who this team is. They have John Quell, Alyssa Thomas. Um, you know, they've had Odyssey Sims. They have Dewana Bonner. They have depth. Um, they have Natisha Heidemann. The question is, and, and I didn't even speak about Bree Jones. The question is, are they going to choke? Are they going to perform and make a run? And that's what it boils down to, right? Like for years with the Sun, it was, can they make it out the first round? Can they make it out the first round? They make it out the first round. They get to the finals. They get to the semis, whatever it was. And just an inability um, to close. Now, obviously, 
when they were in the finals, they were up against uh, one of the greatest offenses of all time, and they were unable to slow them down. But at the end of the day, I think this is a more talented team. This is a more playoff-ready team, a team that has playoff experience, uh, not even in the same universe as what the Dallas Wings have. So I think it really comes down to the sun versus does it come down to the wings? Yeah, this could easily be one that is one of the upsets, in my opinion. You know, Dallas is like, you know, if, if there is there a more confident team in the league right now between Mabry and Tier McCowan and just just the way this this team has clicked um, without even Arika competing, and that that's a question. You know, what what is her availability going to be through the course of this? I could see it going to three games. Um, I, I would honestly guess that it probably would. Um, Connecticut's got to come out and win the first one. But I, I agree with you, you know, we have not seen Connecticut reach a level of dominance that we have seen in the years past, and then it gets to playoff time, and then it, things just shift. I'm hoping or anticipating, you know, maybe predicting, I don't know, that maybe Connecticut gets into the playoffs and they they elevate their play to that next level. That You know, we've seen – We've seen Las Vegas hit that next gear. We've he- we've seen Chicago hit that next gear. I don't believe personally that we've seen Connecticut hit that next gear. Um, and this could very well be a perfect opportunity for them to reach it because we haven't seen it this year. It's either they don't have it or they're going to do it at the right time. Um, I think they're playing some of their best basketball. I love the addition of Odyssey Sims. Um, you know, but they're going to have their hands full with Dallas. This is, this is the matchup here that I'm kind of like, ooh, that's scary. You know, that's a tough draw for Connecticut. Um, but I think it ends up, they end up winning two to one. And, and, but the thing is, is also when you look at this matchup, I think one of the few teams, if not the only team that can match up with McCowan would be the sun. So I think Mm -hmm. this is kind of the ideal matchup on both ends where both teams can kind of tell themselves, this is why we're going to win. But the Odyssey Sims addition for this team, I think really, really helps them to disrupt, uh, you know, the guard playmakers on the wing. So I think kind of orchestrate. Uh, a lot of it but I I totally agree this is going to be a fun one they could definitely steal one but honestly what you just said Rachel has me thinking if the sun can't pull off game one I start to extremely extremely worry that it's just going to be game two is a snowball effect um and we're going to see what we saw you know before but also hey Connecticut sun maybe they were waiting all season to hit that next stride hit that next level uh last game of the uh, first round or last series of the first round is probably the most intriguing in a sense. Um, The Seattle storm taking on the Washington mystics, the storm beat the mystics two to one and a little interesting tidbit here. Cause I know everyone wants to know this. Did EDD play in these games? What does that mean for you? EDD played in all three games, but the game they won, she was not the leading scorer. And to me, that is the important thing. If the Mystics want to make a deep playoff run, EDD needs to be there and be performing because without her, they don't have that superstar who can take them to the next level. All that said, other players, Atkins, Cloud, Shakira, um, uh, Alicia Clark, other players need to step up and produce offensively or this is going to get ugly and get ugly quick. Um, and another thing that stands out to me is of the recent Storm games, they've played playoff teams in playoff atmospheres, whereas the Mystics played the Fever and the Sparks and lost to the Sparks. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so hard for me. I've, I've struggled with the Mystics all year. You know, would I be completely shocked um, 
to see Washington go in there and like hit another level and, and this heavyweight matchup between EDD and Brianna Stewart, um, I think is entirely possible. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to think with either of these teams. I, I kind of want to just go with the Mystics just to mix it up. <laughs> um, I know we're going to do some predictions here in a little bit, but um, you know, you have the best defense in the league going up against Seattle. Um, arguably one of the top MVP candidates, Brianna Stewart, scoring at the rate she is. I think with Seattle, it comes down to Jewel Lloyd. Can she be effective offensively as the weapon that they need her to be? I don't know that we've consistently seen that through the course of the season. Um, so to me, that's the X factor for Seattle is going to be Jewel Lloyd and her ability to to produce the way that we've seen her to be able to. 100%. 100% agree. I mean, she has been producing of recent, but then we saw another, you know, streaky game. So it's that's what it comes down to, right, is Brianna Stewart and – all right, I'll bury the lead. I, I'm not going to say who I voted for for everything, but the reason the argument for Brianna Stewart's MVP case has been the fact that Jewel Lloyd has not been consistent. And you look at Asia and what she has in the help of Plum um, and, and, and Jackie – Whereas Stewie just hasn't had that help and they've both been performing at elite, elite levels. So I think it's, it's extremely, extremely interesting in that regard. I'm excited to see it. Um, I'll just run down uh, sky taking on the New York Liberty. I'm going sky two Oh, Rachel. I'm, I think it's going to go to three Liberty or Liberty are going to somehow steal one sky two to one. Aces 2-0, I assume we both have that. Um, now the pressure's on. I have the Sun winning 2-1. to one. Who do you got? Man, um, I don't want to be like you, so I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to say they're going to sweep. Yeah, honestly, I, I was very close to switching to that right before. And then I have the Storm pulling off the victory. I just, neither team, here's the thing, neither team has like blown me away this season. At the end of the day, Washington Mystics defense has been really impressive at, at times and the best in the league as of today. Uh, the Seattle Storm offense has been crazy at times. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, who who hits the dice roll. But I'm going Storm 2-1. to one. Who do you got? Ugh. I, I think it'll end up being Seattle if I had. I don't know. I'm going to mix it up just for the sake of this. I'm going to say Mystics 2-1. to one. Anna's going to love that one. Well, folks, <laughs> thank you uh, so much. I just want to... I just want to remind people, um, you know, what was it like three weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, we made a prediction three in, three out when it was down to the six final teams. Rachel, you said the Sparks, Wings, and the Mercury would be making the playoffs, and I said the Mercury, Atlanta, and Lynx would. Well, you won that round, two to one. (laughs) Um, Just a reminder, as I said before, we're hosting a watch party on Playback. Make sure to join. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider and i hope you like hearing my voice because over the next few days and the playoffs in general we're gonna be doing a lot of podcasts bringing on different windsider team members and local beat reporters to discuss uh the teams we're going to start off this series or these series is of the first round discussing things with the lower seated teams uh beat writers and uh reporters because i figure you know what they might not be in the playoffs next round. So let's chat with them. We'll be back with more episodes. Rachel, how's Athens? Athens is great. That I'm telling you the, the the nine hour, well, I guess seven for you, the seven hour time change is not great. But um, yeah, I've got a couple more days in Athens and then I'm headed over to Portugal. I'll be back home in about a week. So 
yeah, it's beautiful. It's great. I'm going to go to dinner right now. Enjoy. And we'll chat more.